The injury bug continues to get the worst of the Chicago Blackhawks. On today's episode, I'll talk about how tough the predicament is that the Blackhawks are facing right now and also get into a preview of tonight's matchup with the Colorado Avalanche. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a quick follow on X at Jack Bushman 2, or you can go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, just a reminder, if you like what you're watching or what you're listening to today, then please go and help me out by showing some support real quick. Go and smash that like button down below. Comment as well. And of course, subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. All of that is 100% free. It won't cost you anything and really does help me out tremendously. So make sure to take care of that real quick. And you can also go and turn on those push notifications if you're wanting to get notified when the episode's uploaded each and every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by Game Time. Make sure to go and download the Game Time app right now and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get $20 off to the sporting events, concerts, or theater events near you. All right, good morning, everyone. Again, thank you for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. First things first, feels great to be back on the show here this morning. The last couple of days really just haven't been feeling all that well. Some of you may have seen the message that I posted on social media that I was going to try to battle through uh, feeling a little sick to still get an episode out yesterday, but just couldn't really power through um, so I do apologize for not having a show come out yesterday. Was the first one that I missed this month, though. But I do promise to have a full slate on deck for the rest of this week. And make sure to keep your peepers peel. I'm going to be having an episode on all the players that us Blackhawks fans should be focusing on during the 2024 World Junior Championship, which kicks off in under 10 days now. So make sure to keep your eyes set on that later this week. And also, I am still going to be having our weekly mailbag session on today's show, just going to be calling it Talk Back Tuesday since we did have to get it pushed back one day. But what I wanted to start off today's show with Blackhawks fans is just how laughable all the injury plot problems that this Blackhawks team is dealing with right now, how laughable it has gotten to because at this point, it really feels like every single day we're waking up to just more bad injury news and player by player is getting picked off day by day. And, you know, heading into every season, I always make sure to kind of emphasize, look, we kind of forget about injuries, but it always seems to be an emphasis for you know, most teams throughout the course of an NHL season. And I always try to be sure to mention that it's something that teams always have to battle year in and year out. But I never expected that the Blackhawks were going to have to deal with what what they're going through at this very point in time. Because following their 4-3 to loss on Sunday to the Vancouver Canucks, which I'll be diving into here in just a moment, the list of players that the Blackhawks are without right now really is just mind-blowing. Following Sunday's game, the Blackhawks are now without Seth Jones, 
Kevin Korchinski, Alex Vlasic, Jared Tenorti, Taylor Hall, Andreas Athanasiu, Corey Perry, of course, Mackenzie Entwistle, Colin Blackwell, and Joey Anderson. Unbelievable. And they're basically at this point icing half, maybe a little bit more than half of an AHL lineup. It it really is unbelievable. And it's just gotten to a point now where it's so hard for this Blackhawks team to win because they don't, they just don't have the skill to keep up with basically any other NHL team. It's, it has to go so perfectly for this Blackhawks team to win. It's hard to even be upset at losses right now because you look at the injury list and you just want to laugh. It's gotten that bad. Even head coach Luke Richardson is saying you just kind of have to laugh at it at this point in time. Um, but before I do dive into some of the injuries uh, in particular that the Blackhawks are battling right now and some of these timelines that we've gotten in the last couple of days, I first want to say that thoughts prayers and condolences go out to the Korchinski family at this point in time. As we learned last week, the reasoning that Kevin has been away from the Blackhawks team is because his father, Larry, unfortunately passed away at the age of 59. And it has to be just such a tough moment for young teenage Blackhawks defenseman, Kevin Korchinski, um, an unexpected passing at the age of 59, a very young age for, for anyone to be passing. So the thoughts and prayers certainly go out to the Korchinski family and all they're battling through at this point in time. Very tough situation for him. I thought it was a nice tribute by the Chicago Blackhawks to go and intend Mr. Korchinski's funeral uh, late last week after they played the Seattle Kraken. Korchinski uh, is from kind of that area. He played his junior hockey out there in Seattle and is from Saskatoon. So nice to see the Blackhawks go and show support for their young teammate and show up at Larry Korchinski's funeral. Once again, um, condolences go out to all those impacted by the death of Larry Korchinski, a veteran in the WHL of the Saskatoon Blades, a very, very great man from all things that I heard. So very sorry for your loss, Kevin. Seth Jones is also out for the Blackhawks right now, was placed on injured reserve at the start of the weekend too, dealing with that right shoulder injury. Kept him out for the last couple of games. Seems like it's going to be keeping him out for at least a couple more at this point in time. And then the real kick to the nards was when Alex Vlasic had to leave uh, the game a couple of a uh, couple of days ago early, and then we found out he wouldn't end up playing on Sunday against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the Blackhawks coaching staff and injury staff said that he was a game time decision, and had it been a little bit more serious of a contest, that he probably would have been able to go. But um, given the circumstances, they just didn't really want to force anything or make anything worse or risk losing Vlasic for a longer period of time. So ultimately ended up not playing on Sunday as well. Um, hope is, though, that he will be able to return possibly tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. But without those three and Jared Tenorti is still in concussion protocol, although the good news is that he has been skating recently. But that left the Blackhawks with a decor of Connor Murphy, uh, Nikita Zaitsev, Louis Crevier, Isaac Phillips, Wyatt Kaiser had to be called back up once we learned that Seth Jones went on IR and Philip Ruse was in the lineup as well. So basically four AHLers. I mean, Isaac Phillips is someone who I think should be in the NHL on a nightly basis at this point in time. But the two only real veterans in the lineup were Connor Murphy and Nikita Zaitsev. And I've said time and time again on this podcast in the last couple of weeks, in my opinion, those have been the Blackhawks' two worst defensemen this season. So just really tough on the back end for this Blackhawks team going up against, you know, the Edmonton Oilers and then against the uh, 
not, yeah, against the Seattle Kraken, they go and get seven piece. And it's like, oh boy, you really see how tough this Blackhawks, uh, h- how limited this Blackhawks decor is at this point in time. Louis Crevier has been in the lineup and he's had his fair share of struggles recently. So would be big if the Blackhawks get, get Alex Vlasic back in the time being. Um, and then also Joey Anderson, after picking up a primary assist in this game on Sunday against the Canucks, he has to go and exit with a shoulder injury. And he also has been put on injured reserve earlier this morning. Mackenzie Entwistle missed his second consecutive game with an illness. So bad turns to worse for the Chicago Blackhawks recently. And it just feels like a downhill tumbleweed right now. And it's going to be hard for this team to, to right the ship. Um, without a lot of these guys. And it just puts the Hawks, like I said, in such a tough position because going back to that game on Sunday, I thought they had a really excellent effort, particularly out of the gate to kind of set the tone that they weren't just going to give in following a couple of dreary losses. But what really ended up costing them was the Canucks just outskilled them. The Blackhawks didn't give up that many high danger looks to the Vancouver Canucks. They just didn't generate any of their own. And when the Canucks did get those looks, because they're one of the best offenses in the NHL, they found a way to put the puck in the back of the net. So it's just so hard for this Blackhawks team. It feels like Peter Morazic has to go and pitch a shutout or has to go and stand on his head and only allow one goal for this team to have a shot to win. So a real dark place for us Blackhawks fans to be in right now. And it really looks like this team is going to be in the mix for the number one pick for the second consecutive season. And even if they do get some pieces back, you know, we're starting to creep near the trade deadline. And while I think there is an opportunity for the Hawks to be buyers, to go and get another top six piece just to help Connor Bedard and Lucas Reichel develop a little bit. I still ultimately think they're going to be more so sellers than buyers. So it's just kind of hard to see this Blackhawks team at a point where they're going to be consistently winning the rest of the way. So looks like we're going to be in the mix for number one. Once again, Blackhawks fans is the Hawks currently sit dead last in the NHL, a nine 20 and one record, only 19 points on the year 32nd in the NHL standings, a couple behind the San Jose sharks at this point in time. I mentioned though, again, off the top of the show, make sure to keep, Uh, to stay tuned for an episode that I'll be dropping later this week is I'll be previewing the 2024 world junior championship and all the players that are draft eligible for this year's draft that us Blackhawks fans should be keeping an eye on. I know it's going to be a lot of tough sledding the rest of the way as someone who has to host a show about the Blackhawks on a daily basis. Yeah. I don't imagine it's going to be a lot of fun, but through all the hiccups, I'm going to be here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. There are still going to be bright spots. Connor Bedard had a good showing on Sunday, another two points, giving him 26 through his first 30 NHL games. They're just going to be few and far between, but I'm here for you, Blackhawks fans. I'm going to be right there alongside you the rest of the way, and hopefully we can get a couple of ups. It's just going to be kind of hard to see it coming against a team like the Colorado Avalanche as the Blackhawks look to put an end to their four-game losing skid here this evening. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into a preview of tonight's matchup, and I'll also talk about what we could see out of the Blackhawks lineup slash could there be any any injury returns tonight at the UC. But first, I got to talk to you all about game time. You shouldn't have to stress when 
you're buying tickets to your next big event. And game time is the fast and easy way for you to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I personally have used game time since I was way back in high school when I used to go and see Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves down at the United Center because it's always been the cheapest and easiest way for me to purchase my tickets, whether I'm in Chicago or any city. I've used game time when I used to live in Missouri. I'd go and see uh, baseball games down at Bush Stadium or hockey games down at Enterprise Center. Also, it was just recently in Las Vegas, used game time to go and get tickets to a concert there. It was super easy. I also love how they send me pictures from every seat in the house so I know exactly what to expect when I arrive. I highly recommend you all go and download the Game Time app right now. And when you do, make sure to create an account and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get $20 off to the sporting events, concerts, or theater events near you. Again, you can get $20 off to come and see Connor Bedard at the United Center this year. All you have to do is download the Game Time app and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps. Lowest tickets, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed, Game Time. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, the Blackhawks take on the Colorado Avalanche for the second time this season. Puck drop is at 7.30 p.m. Central Time tonight at the United Center, and you can catch all of the Blackhawks' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All you have to do is go and search Blackhawks. Segment two, let's talk a little bit about this matchup tonight down at the UC. I mentioned a 7.30 p.m. Central Time puck drop game is going to be televised on NBC Sports Chicago, but it's also going to be televised on NBC Sports Chicago Plus with the new Hawks cast and joining Charlie Rumeliotis on that feed tonight, a reoccurring guest here of the podcast, by the way, is none other than Brian Bickle, former Stanley Cup champion for the Blackhawks. Haven't heard from Brian Bickle in quite a while, so should be a little bit of an entertaining conversation, catching up with him and hearing what he has to say about the current state of the Chicago Blackhawks. And also, I know a lot of people out there are starting to get a little sick of Chris Vosters. So this could be a good uh, alternate opportunity for you to still be able to listen to the Blackhawks game and to be able to tolerate it. But tonight, the second meeting between the Blackhawks and the Avalanche this season, the first came way back on October 19th, early on in the year when the Blackhawks were going through that dogfight of a five-game road trip to kick things off. That was also back when they were fully healthy and they still wound up losing that game four to nothing out in Denver. And with the way the lineup is looking like it's going to shake out here tonight, it's just hard to imagine the Blackhawks putting an end to their four game losing skid here this evening against one of the top teams in the entire Western conference, the Colorado avalanche as expected are off to a great start. They're contending for the central division title as I expected them to do with the Dallas stars. Both of them are tied atop the standings right now with 40 points. The Avs are 19, 10, and 2 through 31 games to kick things off this year, but they have lost six of their last 10 heading into this one. Still, though, with the offense that they have, one of the best in the NHL, currently ranks third in goals per game, spearheaded by Nathan McKinnon, Miku Rantanen, and Kale McCarr, all of which are currently in the top 12 in the NHL in points, while Nathan McKinnon since second. Uh, Yeah, it's just hard to imagine this Blackhawks defense being able to slow them down enough to be able to keep up. Because like I said in segment one, 
it feels like black the Blackhawks have to win games by a score of like two to one or three to one or something along those lines. And the Avalanche keeping them to below three goals, and I mean even below four. Uh, it feels like that's going to be hard pressed for this Blackhawks defense to do, considering it still looks like there's going to be a pretty heavy chunk of AHLers in their lineup. But yeah, I think this Avalanche team is still geared up to go and make a run back to the Stanley Cup, even without Captain Gabriel Landeskog. They're without Arturi Lekkinen right now as well. But I really like the depth pieces that they have up front. Ryan Johansson, even though he only has two assists so far this year, which is a little bit weird, I thought he was a really good depth add. And I think he's someone who plays that skill game and is a really good passer. He's going to eventually find his groove with this team and really, uh, really benefit off of that. Um, I like depth pieces such as uh, Valerie Nachushkin, who, you know, there's controversy around him, but ever since he's joined the Avalanche, Looks like he was uh, he's returned to the player that he was once drafted to be. Jonathan Drewen was brought in this offseason. Ross Colton, uh, Miles Wood, I thought have been good additions for them in the last couple of years. And then they also got a pretty strong top four defensive core in Bowen Byram, Kale McCarr, um, Devon Taves, and Josh Manson, along with, might I add, two former Blackhawks on the back end to give them a little bit of depth in Jack Johnson and Caleb Jones. Should we bet on one of those two to score a goal tonight? Because maybe just to get a point, if that's even an option, because it feels like the redemption games, they, they always happen against the Blackhawks. I mean, because of course, maybe maybe we'll see if we can uh, put a little bit of a wager on maybe Caleb Jones or Jack Johnson getting a point here this evening. But the only question, it feels like the avalanche face, and it kind of feels like the same one that they've had for the last couple of years now is whether their goaltending is going to be good enough to get them all the way to the Stanley cup. And it's going to come down to Pavel Francouz, who is currently injured at this point in time. That's left Alexander Gigorgiev as their clear cut starter right now. Uh, but until Francois gets back, it is going to be uh, Georgiev's net. And that's, yeah, it feels like that's the make or break point for the Colorado Avalanche is the goaltending. But as far as whether or not they can beat this Blackhawks team tonight, that's not really much of a question considering what this Blackhawks lineup is going to look like. I don't think we're going to be getting any real notable additions other than Alex Vlasic potentially coming back. And at the time of recording this Blackhawks fans were still well ahead of the morning skate here. So not actually confirmed that he's going to be returning, but based on his status coming into Sunday's game, being ruled as a game time decision feels likely that uh, he's going to be able to make his return tonight against the Avs. But up front for the Blackhawks, I think we're going to see Lucas Reichel on the top line for the second consecutive game. Didn't really do all that much in his return there on Sunday against the Canucks, but I still think it's better suited for him to be up there than on the fourth line. And with the Blackhawks injury woes offensively too, I think there's no other place to put him right here right now. And maybe when you get some pieces back, then you kind of reevaluate things a little bit further, but the Blackhawks just need skill in their top six right now. I, I know Lucas Reichel's consistency has been an issue and whether or not he's going to make an impact there, that's up for grabs, but I still think it's the right spot for him to be in. On the second line, I think we'll expect to see, we can expect to see Anthony Beauvillier, Tyler Johnson, and Taylor Radish remain a trio. Going to be interesting to see who joins Nick Foligno and Jason Dickinson on the third line though is... Joey Anderson, who has just been fantastic since being called up and arguably the best Blackhawk since his call up now has five assists through 13 games this season, but he's officially been placed on IR. 
I think it just makes sense for Mackenzie and Whistle maybe to rejoin the lineup if he's capable um, after missing a couple of games due to an illness. I think he could be someone who jumps up there, or maybe they go with Ryan Donato, who has a little bit more offensive prowess than someone like Enwistle or someone like Reese Johnson. So maybe they end up bumping Donato up in the lineup, but it feels pretty clear cut who the 12 are going to be since Joey Anderson is out of the lineup. Boris Kachuk is obviously in Rockford. One thing I will say to keep an eye on, though, is Colin Blackwell seems like he's starting to get close to make his season debut. And it's been just, I mean, like two months longer than we imagine this injury lasting for, but looks like indicators are, are pointing in the right direction for Colin Blackwell. So I don't know if that's going to be happening tonight, but it does seem like that's going to be coming sometime sooner rather than later on the back end. Vlasic would be a welcomed addition because the rest of the decor still is pretty limited. Uh, the odd man out, I would expect if, Alex Vlasic is able to return is probably Philip Ruse. I think both he and Louis Crevier are probably in that mix, but given that the Blackhawks need a right-handed defenseman, I imagine Crevier is probably the one who stays in the lineup. And the hope is that he'll be able to find that chemistry with Alex Vlasic that's been missing the last couple of games as he's been going through struggles. I guess Philip Ruse is the odd man out because since he was forced to be called up and placed in the lineup, he just has not looked capable of playing NHL hockey. So I think Isaac Phillip, Isaac Phillips plays. I think Wyatt Kaiser plays. I think Nikita Zaitsev plays. As far as what the pairings could be, I imagine Vlasic, Crevier, Phillips, Murphy, and then maybe Kaiser, Zaitsev to round things out. But we'll get some official confirmation on that whenever the Blackhawks do hit the ice this morning for the morning skate. And then Peter Morazic, I think you have to play him in net, right? Like, I don't think you can risk Arvid Soderbloom getting the go here this evening after a really rough showing against the Seattle Kraken offense that had only scored 10 goals in six games prior to that game. They pieced Arvid Soderblom for seven goals. So I think the Blackhawks and Luke Richardson really have no choice but to go with Peter Morazic or else they risk this one turning into a real lopsided affair. All right, coming up in just a moment here, Blackhawks fans, don't go anywhere because before I wrap things up, I still have to get into our weekly mailbag fan segment. But first, I do got to talk to you all about FanDuel because as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, that's $150 if your team wins outright with just a $5 money line bet. So if you've been thinking about signing up for FanDuel, there's no better, no better time to get in on the action than right now because football season is getting into the nitty gritty here. We only got three weeks left before the playoffs and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all regular season long. Just pick any team to win on the money line with a $5 bet, such as the Bengals, the Jaguars. You probably don't want to bet on the Bears, but you could. And if they win, you'll get $150 in bonus bets for the victory. And you can use these bonus bets to bet on anything from the point spread to money line over unders and even player props and much, much more all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus I love that FanDuel pays you out instantly when you win. Unlike some other sports books out there, there's no better place to bet on the NFL than FanDuel. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash lockdown. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of 
the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're still tuned into this point of today's episode, let me just say thank you very much. I really do appreciate all that support out there. And if you haven't done so already, please go and help your boy out by smashing the like button, commenting down below, and subscribing to the Locked On Blackhawks YouTube channel. And also make sure to go and check out Locked On Sports today because Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go check out Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Segment three, let's get into Talk Back Tuesday, a little pushback from Mailbag Monday, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here live on the show. And make sure if you got a question that you didn't get in this week, go and comment that down below or check out the community tab on the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. You got a place where you could drop your questions there. First question I wanted to get into, a two-parter here from at Stole It Breezing on Twitter, who asked on X, I guess I should say, they asked, what is your early assessment of Reichel playing on the top line? Well, we've only really got it for like a game and a half. Um, against the Canucks, even though Bedard had two points, Philip Kurashev had two points, Lucas Reichel didn't really make all that much of an impact. Although I, I did think his speed through the neutral zone was noticeable and when he had the puck on his stick, the, the desire is there and the thought process is right, but the execution is really lacking and the consistency of the execution is lacking. And I think the consistency in... I don't want to call out Lucas Reichel's effort level, but it feels like there are gears that he could take it to. And it feels like the consistency from him in high gear, we're just not seeing it right now. Like one shift, he'll go out there and he'll have a great back check. He'll go in, fight the puck carrier to go and force a turnover or to stop his own entry or something along those lines. But we don't see him make enough impacts in those ways consistently enough. Leaving even just the scoreboard aside, racking up points has been an issue from him. But making a, making an impact in other areas has been a real, real problem. And that's kind of, those are the things you need to see Lucas Reichel kind of develop is his ability to be a tough four checker, his ability to go and strip a puck carrier and go and make it happen on the other end. And we're just not seeing it. So it's just a, a real battle for Lucas Reichel right now. We know he's going through some confidence issues. I'm sure at a young age, he's been up and down the lineup and seemingly nothing has worked. I'm just really hoping this will kick in eventually because if this continues, I just don't know if the Blackhawks will have any other choice but to send him down to Rockford. Um, I don't want that to happen, and maybe they'll let him kind of just learn on the fly, but it's not going to be easy to do that if he's you know, not making an impact in any facet of the game. So it's kind of to be determined, but similar to what Lucas Reichel has been all season long, a little bit of a ghost and certainly underwhelming. The second part of this question from Stolling It Breezy is how much worse does Soderbloom have to play before Stauber is called up? Interesting you say that because just yesterday, Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times posted a piece saying that the Blackhawks haven't even thought about sending Arvid Soderbloom down and they're just going to let him learn through these struggles at the NHL level. Like I said, they could be doing with Lucas Reichel, although I do think they are kind of two separate situations. For Soderbloom, they really don't have a choice, though. I mean, they kind of just have to let him learn the hard way. And, you know, I do think there is something to be said about that. Learning to lose and going through these battles at a young age, it makes you want to wipe them out of your brain. And sometimes you need to learn those things before you truly learn how to win. I think 
you know, we see a lot of those come-ups from teams that go on to make good pushes in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're teams that have gone through a lot of hardships the year prior. So maybe this winds up being good for Arvid Soderblom in the long run, but the Blackhawks really just don't have much of a choice. And Jackson Stauber isn't the one they'd probably call up. He has not been all that great in Rockford this year. Drew Comesso has been the one who's been far better than he has been, but I don't think they want to be calling up Comesso during his rookie campaign in the AHL. I think they kind of just want to let him marinate down there. So they really just don't have any options. And it seems like Soderblom is just going to go through the ringer. That's just kind of the way the course prevails itself so far this year. And looks like it's going to be the case the rest of the year. Next question comes from at Chase Langert on X, who asked, who has been the most underrated Blackhawk this year? It's a good question. Underrated Blackhawk. Nick Felino, I think, has just been excellent, even though, Uh, The numbers maybe just don't jump off the chart to you. I think his impact has been felt always. That third line has been really good. He's obviously been a great captain figure and is basically the C without having it on his sweater for this Blackhawks team. So he was kind of the first one that comes to mind. I don't know how other Blackhawks are feeling about him, but if you don't think Peter Morazic is the MVP of this team, I mean, he's at least co-MVP with Connor Bedard. I know what Bedsy has done as an 18-year-old, it it is it speaks for itself, but without Peter Morazic, I really don't want to know where this Blackhawks team would be. He's been one of the more underratedly good Blackhawks this season. Um, Alex Vlasic, when he's been healthy, has maybe been the Hawks' best defenseman. That's something that's certainly notable. I would say Tyler Johnson has been pretty good as well. I think he deserves to be in that conversation. A couple of guys, I, I think, but uh, Peter Morazic is the one that really stands out to me. Um, Nick Foligno though, I I think his presence is felt on a nightly basis, even if it isn't showing up on the scoreboard for the Chicago Blackhawks. And then the second part of this question as well, why is Jared Tenorti when healthy playing more than Isaac Phillips? Well, Jared Tenorti really hasn't been healthy at all this season. So it's kind of unfair to say that I think a little bit, but I I do understand this point. I, I don't understand. Well, now I do the Blackhawks. I get why they have both Nikita Zaitsev and Jared Nordis because something like this could happen, but I don't think they should be playing over someone like Isaac Phillips when they're healthy. I, I think Isaac has proved that he should be an NHL or the rest of the year out of all the down spots that the Blackhawks have had this year. He's kind of been one of the bright ones I've thought, and just has shown some progression progression on the back end with the, with every, added experience that he's gotten. So I've been really happy with Isaac Phillips. I'm in agreement there. I think he should be playing in the NHL on a nightly basis right now for the Hawks. Last question I wanted to answer here. Got to pull it up on YouTube real quick. Comes from DLPHC Oracle, who asked, here is a question for you. Since the Blackhawks are a near lock to earn one of the top two lottery picks in the 2024 NHL draft, let's not go there before it actually happens. Who would be your pick, Macklin, Celebrini, or Cole Iserman? The Blackhawks are so thoroughly lacking, and anyone beside Connor Bedard who can score a goal, Iserman becomes a realistic possibility. Yeah, Cole Iserman is doing some special things for the United States Development Program and looks to be an elite goal scorer. I just don't think you can pass up on Macklin Celebrini for what he's doing right now. As a 17-year-old for Boston University, a program the Blackhawks are very familiar with, I think Macklin Celebrini is the number one overall pick right now, but uh, we're going to get a good opportunity to see a little bit more of him at the World Juniors. Unfortunately, we won't be seeing Cole Eiserman for the United States, which is a little bit of a surprise, but they do have a super stacked team this year. So um, to me, though, it is Macklin Celebrini. I, I think he's he's the kid that it, at this point in time, we're only halfway through the season. 
I think he's probably got the gap over Iserman and most folks' minds, but anything can happen here down the stretch. But yeah, certainly does look like the Blackhawks are going to be in a position for uh, a position to get another special player here through the draft for the consecutive consecutive second consecutive year. And who knows, maybe it winds up being uh, the first overall selection once again. All right. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to the Locked On Blackhawks YouTube channel. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too. Or you could go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.